ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third and final hour of the Live with Rain Show. But it's only for today, Thursday. Tomorrow, I will be back in, God willing, for Free Speech Friday. As promised, we haven't talked to Dr. Wolfram in a while, too long. I enjoy my conversations with him. He's our, he has been our go-to economics guy for uh, forever, as long as my show's been on. Those of you who may not know about Dr. Wolfram, he's a William E. Simon or the William E. Simon professor in economics, and he earned that chair, and public policy at Hillsdale College and president of the Hillsdale Policy Group. He's been in politics before at least. uh, Well, you know what? Let's go to him. And you were the uh, assistant treasury secretary, weren't you? Yeah, I was deputy state treasurer. Deputy I took state. a leave from from Hillsdale College when John Engler won the governorship in in the November of ninety, and uh, so I went up there and did the tax policy for three semesters and the two the two summers. Well, there you go. So he's been through it all, and he's still a very young man, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think. Of, well, what Satchel Page said: how, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. I had not heard of that one. I asked Dr. Wolfram to come on air to uh, talk about inflation and to give you guys a professors and someone who actually works in the real world uh, perspective of economics. It just happened that I saw yesterday this uh, Rashida Tlaib uh, ridiculous comment that inflation is not incurring at all today. It has nothing to do with uh, her party's policies, nothing to do with the $1.9 trillion uh, that they passed last March. Nothing. In fact, uh, you know, only idiots would think that inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. I mean, you got to be stupid to think that, uh, you know, all of that. And I played that for you earlier. She thinks it's corporations. It's just corporations that are charging too much there. It's not inflation. It's uh, it's um, extortion is what she said. That actually is not why I brought him on. It just happened to be a great uh, coincidence. <laughs> I sent him the link to it uh, earlier. Uh, what? Well, th- Dr. Wolfram, you can speak to uh, certainly what Rashida believes uh, or what she's trying to say, or uh, obviously you can do that. But first, I want you to explain what is inflation? Where is this unprecedented? Well, it's not unprecedented, but it's at least been 40 years or more now that it's occurring. How it affects everybody. Just what the everyday average person out there should know about it. Well, inflation is, uh, that's what the Nobel Prize winner uh, Milton Friedman talked about. It's it, what you had just talked about. It's, it's more money than there is, uh, than an increase in the money relative to increase in the, in the amount of goods out there. So what do you, and, uh, so um, if I may, so you're saying that Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, thinks Milton Friedman's an idiot when it comes to econ- uh, the economy. Well, I, I'm not going to put words in her mouth. <laughs> okay. but, um, I will. I will. Go yeah, ahead. you can. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, but so the, the latest numbers just came out this morning. Uh, and it, over, from what this market, what's called the CPI, is really like a market basket of goods that the average person buys. And what they do is they take a survey and they say, okay, they look around and say, okay, how much did that cost this this month, and how much did it cost in prior months, 
and if you look at it from year to year, that is the same market basket that we bought this year, uh, this, this past month, it costs 7.9% more than it did a year ago. And that's the highest uh, since uh, January of 1982, highest rate of inflation. Um, and if you take out food and gener- energy, sometimes that's called the core CPI. So if you take out food and energy, it's still up 6.4%. And again, that's the highest since August of 82. Um, the largest contributors have been gasoline, groceries, shelter. Those are the biggest uh, contributors to the overall 7.9%. And one of the, and there's two reasons for it. One is the money supply has been growing rapidly. Um, people haven't been paying close attention to this, but the money supply is up 14.5% uh, over, over the past year. So, and then you've got constraints on the supply side of it. So if, if the amount of stuff isn't growing as fast because if you've got supply chain issues, cost of producing going up, uh, fuel price increases, what people don't actually think about too much is that diesel fuel is at a record. And if you think of all the, all the components of the, of goods and services that are affected by the cost of moving them from point A to point B, that's a lot of money, uh, going into the increased cost. Cause, you know, you got stuff coming into the ports and then you gotta move it to the warehouse and then you gotta move it to the retail stores, to all the different Walmarts. So that has been, uh, a, a large effect on why prices have been going up. Right. And it is hurting the people, obviously, who make the less. I mean, this is a direct tax in a way on people who are struggling, possibly, or even not even struggling. Uh, Maybe in the past been able to put a few dollars away. Now they're not able to do so. No, that's that's exactly right. If you're on a fixed income, then when prices are going up 8%, Basically, that's a tax of eight percent on you. If especially, um, actually, in my I have a this book, a capitalist manifesto, a, a little book, um, and in it I have a little story about uh, basically um, why the you know why this is a tax on low income people. And I use the example of Jack and the Beanstalk, and you know how uh, you know his you know mom, uh, you know they they got the. The, the hen that laid the golden egg so they could make money, you know, make more money. They're like Doritos, right? Just make more. Whereas old mother Hubbard, you know, she was going into the store and she's on a fixed income. And when the prices are going up, old mother Hubbard can't buy as much stuff as she used to. And so the, the, the fact that government can just create money, um, is a you know affects a, a whole host of things, but one thing it does is it, it the way it's doing it is effectively taxing uh, people, and the people who suffer the most from this inflation tax are you're exactly right people that are on fixed incomes. Who? Why do you think we have such an explosion of inflation? Now, I did expect some inflation to occur, no matter who's at the helm. Uh, coming out of a pandemic and then seeing how much money was being, as the accountants called it, dropped, helicopter dropping of money uh, across the the country. Uh, It's interesting. The other day I reported on the Lansing Board of Water and Lights. I don't know if you saw that, but during the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, their customers owed $1 million in back uh, utility uh, cost. 
it ballooned to $7 million during the pandemic. During the time when people were getting $600 extra a week, during the time when people were just being dropped with huge checks to help pay for utilities, mortgage, and rent, you know, interesting how that happened. Uh, but w- we knew that at some point there would be, or were you expecting inflation? And is this more in, uh, higher inflation than you did expect? No, I think it's about what I had expected. Like I've been uh, watching the change, like I said, the change in the money supply. And we had um, basically what happened was the, when the government runs deficits and, and starts to accumulate debt, the Federal Reserve can buy that debt. And when it buys the debt, what happens is that the the, the banks have more reserves than they used to, and so they go and lend out money, and when they lend out money, they create checking accounts, and that's part of the money supply. Okay? But what was going on for a long period was that the, the, the Fed Reserve was buying the bonds. It was going into the reserves of banks, but the banks weren't lending it out, and they were just accumulating these reserves, which is why you're not, you weren't seeing this big increase in the money supply. In fact, the reserves of banks went from $45.8 billion in August of 2009 to $4.18 trillion by November of 2021. Now, since November of 2021, what's been happening is that the the banks are now loaning this money out, and this money is so it's it's showing up. These reserves are showing up in the money supply, which is why you get that you know this fourteen fourteen uh, percent increase in the in the money supply. So when you get a fourteen percent increase in the money supply, you're going to get price inflation. I mean, it's just that simple. Now it's been compounded by the cost of producing stuff has been going up. I mean, just the Ukraine issue with wheat, right? Um, they're not planting the wheat, and so. It's going to happen. Food prices are going to be going up. Um, yeah, that's not even course, reflected. I don't think anything right now dealing with Ukraine is reflected in these numbers. It's not. It's not reflected in this past number. It's right. going to show up in the next number as well. Right. So I'm expecting you're probably going to see eight uh, percent inflation probably uh, next month. Uh, next month and in the, in the uh, numbers from next month as well. Um, and the, you know, again, yeah, so the supply chain issues with, uh, you know, COVID reducing factory production in China, and like I said, uh, the Ukraine, uh, wheat situation, um, there, the, uh, uh, restriction on, uh, purchasing, uh, Russian oil, um, now, you know, all those things will add to the add to the inflation. Um, but I think, you know, we're probably in and, and of course, like I said, you know, that's still highest number since uh, 1982. So this is not a normal situation. Um, and and you're exactly correct that this is a, a, a cost on, you know, the fixed income, Barrett, you know, and, and the low income. Uh, bear, bear it the most. I mean, if you, think of the if you're making twenty thousand dollars a year, you're going to spend a lot more of your total income on things like food and gasoline, where we've seen the highest price increases. Well, prior to this last increase in gas, they were saying it's three hundred eighty-five dollars a month more the average family was spending just to buy the products that they had bought the month uh, prior. And if you're making twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five thousand. That is real hard to take. What, what, if anything, can be done? What would, if, if I was president of the United States, and I wish I was, and I had you as, as Secretary of Treasury, what would you advise me to do? 
I would advise that you don't you don't create so much debt out there that the federal government has, and that what you ought to do is um, focus on reducing uh, the, reducing the the, the spending uh, at at the federal government level. Um, we 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 have created just all sorts of excess. Like I said, excess money is showing up because. They spent so much, and then the Fed was buying it up to keep interest rates from rising. Um, so I, you know, I think that it's going to take a while. But I think if we were looking at it long term, what I would be doing is, you know, I'd have people read this book, Democracy and Deficit, uh, but was written in 1977 by Jim Buchanan and Dick Wagner. Buchanan won the Nobel Prize, um, and it says Democracy and Deficit: A Legacy of Lord Keynes. So this Keynesian, you know, the, the Keynesian model um, says, okay, if we're if we're having a recession, what we need to do is we need to increase all this government spending and reduce interest rates. Well, that has long-term effects, and that's you know that's basically what we're going through right now. Was this response to the uh, re- response to the um, the, the COVID situation, uh, and it, you know what we we need to just focus and say, okay, uh, you, you know, you pointed out we spent like over a trillion dollars, right, in one bill. You got to think, get the, you know, the the first trillion dollar total trillion dollar budget didn't happen until the Reagan administration. Exactly. In fact, I saw last night that we have spent $5.6 trillion additional on COVID. And I don't even know if that included the $1.9 trillion. Uh, Were you one of those economists that were, I don't know how much you were involved in it, but thought that, you know, the economy is coming back. We don't need this $1.9 trillion that was passed in March of 2021? I would agree. I, you know, I, it was, but politically... It was the political thing to do, right? Because the average person thinks that they're getting something for free, right? Right. Right. They're not looking down the line and saying, "Okay, well, somebody's going to have to pay for this down the line, either through higher taxes or through an increase in the money supply, which is going to increase prices, which is then a tax on, uh, you know, on everybody, uh, so indirect tax um, on everybody. So, uh, yeah, I, you know. I think that that we've got to that that was definitely a political um you know a political response uh and you know I was not supporting it I I signed a a letter about the build back better uh you know program saying that this 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 was not this is not something that we should be doing a build back better oh oh you mean build back broke okay yeah i i know what yeah, you mean yeah or build it's build back better than capitalism yeah, yeah. Is what it's really saying i know we got to get going man i went real long uh, on this one real quickly i'll have to have you back on when you have more time but real quickly two things one when you say the fed buys the debt how does the fed buy the debt where they're getting their money is that when they just created out of thin air they just create it out of thin air. They, okay. they, yeah. They just That's go in and say, happens. "Okay, now yeah. you have a trillion dollars." Uh, what it what it does is that it just credits the reserves of the bank that the you know when they when they buy the bond, either they buy it from a bank and that increases the reserves of the bank, uh, 
or uh, they buy it from you, and you go put the check in the ba- in the bank, and that increases the reserves of banks, and then that leads to an increase in the money supply. One last point. So they're We're, just making up the res- they're just making up the reserves of banks is what they're doing. Right. They're just you know we say print money. They don't print money. They digitally create it. Uh, now, real quick, yeah. quickly, uh, the uh, where do they find your book? You, it's an awesome book. Any of you who want to know just from a very uh, easily way to learn what about economics, get his book. I read it years ago. Go ahead. Just go to Amazon and uh, it's called a capitalist manifesto. Um, and by Gary Wolfram. And uh, I, it's, I think it's only like 15 bucks or something. All right, right, Gary. Thanks a lot for coming on air. Appreciate that. Have a great day. Well, thanks for having me. You guys have a good week. All right. You listen to live with rank. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Live with Rank, money for nothing. Too much of that over the last uh, two years has caused uh, some of the problem that we have uh, today. 269-441-9595 if you'd like to join us. I hope you enjoyed Gary Wolfram. I always learn something and enjoy the way and appreciate the way that he explains it. And that book that he has, Capitalist Manifesto, is exactly like that. Now, he doesn't come on air to plug his book. I plug his book for him. He doesn't ask me to plug his book. It's been out there for a long time. It is a good read and you'll learn a lot in it and it'll help you better understand what's going on out there and why people like me and him say what we say on air. Now, when I asked him questions, I'm not like many attorneys. Usually they say attorneys when they ask the question, know the answer already. I don't with him. I didn't know if he was one of those economists that I have seen where the consensus was that $1.9 trillion didn't need to be spent. And then they wanted to spend another, what, three, four, five, six trillion on the build back broke? It's just, it would have been even worse. And then you learned what the Fed does when they buy the debt. What they're buying is it's time for the debt interest to be paid. We have not paid down debt since 1958. I know people always point to, well, what about those two years when Newt Gingrich and the Republican Congress got Clinton to do certain things which gave us some surplus? If there was a surplus, and I say if because you know what? They didn't pay down one penny of debt. If you go and look at the government's own websites, It went up during those years. So they just spent it. And again, what he said, I often try to remind people of how ridiculous we're at now. The first trillion dollar budget was during Ronald Reagan. And now we owe 30 trillion. You think this is going to end well? I don't think so. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. I went so long in that last segment so I didn't have to cut or stop Professor Wolfram. Now that I'm in my new studio with the new software, everything's I'm able to not have to take hard breaks only at the end of the hour. So I'm gonna take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Your thoughts? Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. You listen live with Rank. Sort of live with rank and they're not in hiding. In fact, it's Putin. 
and the people in his army that are bombing these homes, bombing apartment buildings, bombing hospitals, bombing the people as they're trying to escape, bombing maternity hospital yesterday, killing two, including a child, burying 17 others uh, under or more under rubble. It's bad. And then the Wall Street Journal. I meant to bring this to you guys yesterday. I had it in my notes, but I just, it got lost. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Biden tried calling the head of Saudi Arabia and the United Emirates to ask them to bump, uh, pump more oil. He's unwilling. Again, isn't that interesting? Just like Whitmer, a Democrat, unwilling to lower the gas tax or suspend Michigan's portion of the gas tax, which is higher than the Fed. Fed's 18 cents per gallon. Michigan's 27.2 cents per gallon. So you're looking at 33, 40, uh, let me see here, 27 plus 8, uh, 35, 45 cents a gallon in tax. A gallon in tax you, you, you're paying, and that can be taken away to help you. She wants the government, federal government to do it, but she won't. Same thing here. Biden doesn't want us to pump oil to make us independent. In fact, Karen writes, wish you would have asked how energy independence would affect inflation and then it would get us out of this, out of it quicker. She's talking about with uh, Dr. Gary Wolfram. I just ran out of times, but I can answer that. That portion, which is one of the bigger costs of inflation, would be gone if we were energy independent. I know they say that oil is an, a world economy uh, or is a, uh, uh, how do they put it? It's a world product, meaning it all goes out there. We are independent. We were independent, meaning we were producing more than we were using. But we still put it on the world market because that's the way it goes and that's how the price is set. But that can easily be stopped. I just tell all, uh, I ask everybody who's producing the oil to just keep it here. Let's not put it on the world market, whatever it causes. Now, there may be some ramifications. I don't know all of it, but I know people may think that I'm not being upfront and honest. But if we were energy independent, we wouldn't have to be calling and begging Saudi Arabia and the United Arab, Arab uh, Emirates. And by the way, they wouldn't take his phone call. They would not take his phone call. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Now, they're pushing back and saying that's not true. Wall Street Journal, this isn't Fox, like people think it may be biased, or anybody else. This is the Wall Street Journal is saying, no, no, no. We're standing behind what we said. The head of the of Saudi Arabia and the United Emirates refused to take Biden's phone call. Think about that. Think about the damage that is happening to all of us. So, yes, Karen, it would greatly affect it to the better if we were energy independent and we wouldn't have to worry. In fact, all these countries better start thinking about being energy independent, or at least not getting your energy from rogue states like what Russia has become. And by the way, I heard something interesting. Our, our 
prices hopefully will start coming down. They didn't rise overnight. I noticed coming in, they were either were down a few pennies or they were equal to yesterday. If all this oil is going on to the world market and Russia and uh, I think it was India, Pakistan, they'll buy Russian oil. By the way, if that's true, we should then sanction them. My point, my thought. But they'll buy Russian oil. And by, by the way, I say sanction them because if we have to force a coup. The only thing that will really work, honestly, is a coup. How else are we going to get out of this? Putin's, this is his last stand. He's not going to be able to be the leader anymore unless he just keeps it by brute force. Where's the off-ramp? I know a lot of us want us to go hard on him and not give him an off-ramp, but we got to consider what, if he doesn't have an off-ramp to save some little face, he's not going to, he's just going to continue to go forward and decimate Ukraine and who else? Who uh, no, He's got his hands on a lot of nukes. A lot of nukes. But if China and whatever these other countries, India, maybe Pakistan, whoever else is buying that Russian oil, well, if they're buying it on the open market, that means the oil they would buy from other people, other countries, should then still keep the same amount of oil out there and that that oil could come to, let's say, us. Did I explain that well enough? If oil is a world, a world product, and it is, that's the way it's treated. If we're not buying it, Germany's not buying it, other countries aren't buying it, someone is buying it. In fact, probably buying it at a reduced price. Well, whatever they were going to buy from other people still should be out there. So I do think some explaining needs to happen when it comes to the the. Increase now. The increase is not about really today. That here's probably the explanation. I've told you this the other day. These oil traders buy on future, not today. So they may believe worse. The worst is not over yet. So that's why they're driving up the number. That's the only thing I can think of. But more importantly, can you believe it? The head of Saudi Arabia and United Airmets, Airmet refused to take Biden's phone call. Would they have refused to take Trump's phone call? We'll never know, will we? Well, I guess we don't get a song for this, <laughs> this last... Uh, uh, I had thought I'd put one in there, but apparently maybe I hadn't. Let me see here. Is this going to screw things up? Brandon, be ready. This could screw something up.